This is Crosscut Reports. I'm Maliha Sayed. Today, we're catching up with Washington's Secretary of State as he gears up for the 2024 election. In a King 5 poll about two years ago, 35% of Washingtonians uh, didn't trust the election. So we have to change the way we talk about elections. This year, Washington voters will head to the polls to cast their ballots for president. In mid-February, Crosscuts News Editor Donna Blinkenship interviewed Secretary Steve Hobbs to talk about some key voting issues. The two discussed Washington's primary system, ranked choice voting, misinformation, and the harassment of election workers. The first question I have is, why does Washington have a presidential primary when the candidates are usually chosen before March? What, what's the reason for that? Um, well, according to state law, so the, both political parties in the state submit names to us. And we just turn around and put it on the ballot. But, you know, the contest is still, you know, it still goes on, right? So there's the main um, convention that happens for both political parties sometime in July and August. So deciding, you know, which, which party, you know, it, it depends on how many delegates, right, are assigned to the candidate. And so we, we chose in March and that's where we're at. Is the primary in Washington mostly about the delegates then, not about, is not so much about the candidates? Well, it's both um, because the political parties use the primary as a means to allocate delegates to the convention, and, and that's what they, they do. Now, obviously, you have, you know, one on the Democratic side. I mean, there's two others that are on the ballot with Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, he is the incumbent. And then, of course, on the Republican side, uh, on I mean, at this moment in time, Trump seems to be the front runner. So, you know, I can only assume. But then there's Nikki Haley. So I'm sure that Nikki's Haley's probably going to get some delegates. And of course, we've got other names on the Republican primary ballot because these people dropped out after the Republicans submitted the uh, their names. So uh, there might be a couple of delegates for those other ones, too. So our primary, our presidential primary process has changed over the last, even the last decade. Can you talk a little bit about the history of our primary? Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, back not too long ago in the past, it was by caucus. And over time, we, you know, We've changed that to a primary system. Um, we have to accommodate both parties because it's a party nomination process. Um, and that that's just the way it is. And that's backed by the decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court. And so we we run this primary election for the, both political parties. That's why people get always people always get upset once every four years because they get the ballot and they realize they have to pick a side. And they got assigned to a test that they're, you know, they're voting as a Democrat or voting as a Republican. But look, it's not me. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> it's just it's the way I have to conduct this. And that's according to state law and federal law. Yeah. So the um, previous secretary of state, Kim Wyman, um, and other political leaders talked about moving the primary up even earlier to get Washington more into the mix of states that decide the nominees is that something you're interested in? Is it still being being debated when we have our primary? You know, I, I usually try to take the directions from the both political parties, how they feel. And uh, 
though there was talk on the Democratic side to move it, it never never really came up um, as a as a strong point. And um, so that's where we're at right now. I, you know, who knows? Maybe in the future, both parties might want to move the primary, but um, I kind of hope they don't <laughs> just to keep it the way it is so we don't make too many changes. And changes are complicated, right, for you because – Yeah, well, changes are complicated because, you know, when we print the ballot and what's going on on the calendar, uh, you know, if it gets too close to another election, then now you got to do – you're printing two ballots. And so, uh, it, yeah, it can get complicated. And it's not an option to just say, oh, we don't want to have a presidential primary. You already said that it's – the, the Supreme Court has decided and well it's a it's a party nomination process so I mean I suppose if both parties decide hey I want to go back to the caucus system and then then we're out right so I mean it could be it, it all depends I mean maybe in the future they go back to that but I doubt it both parties um, actually support the the primary mm-hmm. yeah and the caucuses became a problem as our state continued to grow Um people found it hard to participate. So Right. I mean, not everybody can just take the time to go to a caucus meeting. Okay. Well, let's talk about the 2024 election more generally. You've talked about efforts to fight misinformation about elections, and some other people are talking about the need for more election security. What more can Washington do to fight misinformation and give voters of this state confidence that their elections are secure? Sure. Uh, You know, the one thing that all the voters can do, any citizen can do, is uh, simply just ask questions and and reach out to their local county auditor, reach out to my office. We'll we'll tell you, uh, you know, what's going on with the elections. Or if they don't if they don't trust us, they can physically go down to the election center and actually see the ballots being processed. Do you need to make an appointment to do that or can you just show up? A lot of times you can just show up. I, I, in fact, I don't know of any county where there's an appointment process. I think you just show up. How is this election going to be different from the one four years ago and not just because of COVID? Well, the main thing is the amount of misinformation that happened four years ago and the fact that you have a population that doesn't trust elections. So in a King 5 poll about two years ago, 35% of Washingtonians uh, didn't trust the election. So we have to change the way we talk about elections. In the past, secretaries of state um, and election officials would say, hey, don't forget to vote. We're really good about telling you don't not forgetting to vote, but we didn't do a very good job of telling you the life cycle of a ballot. And that, that's what we have to do now. We have to tell people, hey, don't forget to vote, but hey, did you know the tabulation machines are connected to the internet? Did you know that our state is part of ERIC, which is the Electronic Registration Information Center, and that other states are tied to that? And that if you move to another ERIC state and you register there, we'll know about it. We know about when people die and they're, and all of a sudden a ballot shows up, right? And it's supposedly from this person. Um, we will know about it. And by the way, nine probably 99% of the time when you get a ballot from someone that is deceased, it is because the spouse has voted for them. It's <laughs> usually kind of a sad moment because mm. they're they're just trying to keep their loved one, you know, in their memories. And unfortunately we catch it because we check every signature. And so we can know, we notice the signature is slightly different. 
and um, then that person is brought in, but not when those at the county level, but most, like I said, 99% of the time, it's, it's a sad story. Just spouse wants to vote for their loved one that passed away recently. That is sad. I had a friend who was going through a divorce and her, um, one of the reasons she was going through the divorce is her husband insisted on voting for her. <laughs> so I told her that's illegal. <laughs> yeah, that is illegal. And we would have got it if they, if they would have signed it and for her. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, in November, we reported on some white powder showing up in the mail at a number of elections offices. Do we know anything more about what happened and have any changes been made as a result of that incident? We, we don't. We know it's an ongoing investigation. That's all I can pretty much tell you. Um, and that in some instances or most instances, that white powder was fentanyl or mixed in with other white substances, probably baking soda. But um, there have been some changes. We immediately put out the word to our 39 counties that if you want to access some funds to maybe get some PPE, um, you know, like goggles and gloves and everything. Uh, but a lot of counties already had from COVID that PPE. I know that King County put in an eyewash station in their um, within their election center. Um, and so definitely uh, there are counties that are making adjustments because of that. You supported a bill in the legislature last year to make harassing an election worker a Class C felony. Um, that bill passed the House but did not get a hearing in the Senate. Is it being reconsidered this year, do you know? It is. In fact, it is sitting in the Senate, and it is uh, scheduled for a hearing. Uh, and I was told by the chair that she plans to move it out as soon as possible. So I think this is our year to get it through. Oh, okay. So what would that bill do? Oh, just like you said, it would uh, apply a Class C felony to uh, harassment election workers. Do we have a lot of that happening in Washington, or is this a precautionary thing? Uh, enough where we have county auditors and election workers who are afraid to, uh, you know, who are afraid to come to work or overly cautious during election season. I've, I myself have had two or three threats, though. Not, I mean, threats on social media uh, that sometimes. Well, most of the time, uh, law enforcement's not going to react to, but, uh, I, you know, I've, I've had that. Um, but people should not be harassed when they just, they're just trying to do their job. Right. And isn't that part of the misinformation campaign? The harassment is sort of a result of that. It is. It, it is because you have a, a segment of the population that feel like, you know, it's the it's the election workers, it's the auditor that's actually trying to change the election. That's simply not true. So how are you talked a little bit about um, combating misinformation and, and informing the public. What methods are you using for to get that information out? Are we going to see TV commercials or ads on the internet or what? Yeah, there, there's a couple of ways that we're um, tackling misinformation. And, and one thing I like to tell people, the best way to tackle misinformation is with the truth. And that's why now uh, we are modifying our message uh, by telling people, you know, obviously we remind them when to vote, but we follow up with, hey, did you know, right? The, the Did you know the tabulation machines are not connected to the internet? We're part of Eric. Why don't you go, go to your election center, actually see the process going on. So that's what we've added. Those are going to be in, t those are in TV ads 
It's in um, radio ads. It's when you fill up your uh, your car at the gas station. You know, the, sometimes the screen on the on the uh, gas pump that's gonna have something. There'll be digital ads. We even have grassroots efforts. So people going out in the community and talking about this, it'll be in different languages. Uh, so yes, we are definitely trying to push back. We also uh, use a third party uh, vendor called Logically that scans social media and looks at the trends out there. So for example, um, we'll get a report and it says, these are the trends about elections. Like these are the messages that are that are being talked about. Now, so far, nothing, uh, nothing big, right? But I'm sure that could happen as we go on to 2024 because you have misinformation generated, not just at the local level, but you also have misinformation generated from adversarial state actors like Russia would be an example of a country that does that. And so we might get a report and let's say that the, the trending message is, hey, did you know that they're hacking in to um, tabulation machines? Well, if I see that, we notice it's, it's really trending, then we can put out our own social media, our own messages, reach out to the news media so that we can get that corrected by saying, hey, this is what people are saying, but it's not true because the tabulation machines are not connected to the internet. And oh, by the way, if you wanna verify that, come down to the county auditor and actually actually look at the tabulation machine. What, what are your thoughts about ranked choice voting and why do you feel that way? Oh, I have lots of feelings about ranked choice voting. Um, now I'm completely against ranked choice voting. I used to be for ranked choice voting, but when you occupy this office, you have to take a step back and look at how elections affect everyone, right? You know, the top three things, transparency, accessibility, and security is what I, what I look at. And then just with my own personal situation, my mom came to this country. She didn't know any English. You know, we both learned by watching Sesame Street. Um, and then I have a one of my sons. My middle son is a child of special needs. So imagine, if you will, um, a naturalized citizen where English is not their first language, receiving a ballot that they have to vote by rank choice. How are they going to do that if they don't know how to do that, right? Because the other thing is we put out voters guides out, but it's based upon a federal trigger um, on a certain, you know, on, on a community where English is not their first language. And there's a lot of communities like Skagit, where there's a large Hispanic population, they're not receiving a, a voters guide. So there's going to be people who are going to be disenfranchised because they're going to get this ballot, not realizing, oh, I got to do it by ranked choice voting. And then I think about my son with cognitive disabilities. Now, he can vote. He, he's over the age of 18. He has every right to vote. But the way he votes is he looks at the voter's guide. He probably doesn't read it all because, again, cognitive disability probably goes off the pictures. And then he marks his ballot. And it's very simple for him because he just colors in the bubble. Now, if I gave him a ballot where he had to do ranked choice, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible. Now, the advocates will tell you, hey, secretary, you know, look, everyone's participating, even naturalized citizens. But the issue is 
they're not taking full advantage of their vote because ranked choice voting, in order to take full advantage of your vote, you have to rank them all. Well, all you got to do is look at the New York City mayor's race and notice that white affluent community, communities in New York, they took full advantage of their ballot, but other areas did not. And that's why I am no longer for ranked choice voting because you will disenfranchise people. They will not take full advantage of their vote because they don't understand what they're doing. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about, about the election or the legislature or your office or? Anything? Oh, yeah, uh, certainly. There's a, there's another um, there's an, actually another bill that we're trying to oppose right now, and that is uh, eliminating odd year elections. And I get what the advocates are trying to do. Uh, because even years you have a higher turnout. I get it. Um, and, you know, we are constantly trying to have higher turnout and every year, including the odd year. But the problem is if you move everything to an even year election, you're going you're gonna to start having drop off in the middle of the ballot because now your ballot's two or three pages because your PUD commissioner, your sewer district commissioner, your water commissioner are all at the bottom and, and people are not going to go that far. That's why we went from uh, even year only to spreading it out because people were dropping off. That The state used to do that. And then instead of a voter's guide, you're going to have a voter's tome. And then now you're, ha- you know, voting is fun. I think it's fun. Maybe I'm biased because I'm secretary of state, but, it's, you know, it's a civic obligation. Everyone, you know, everyone should do it. So you're taking a 15 to 20 minute exercise and now you're making it an hour. <laughs> it's just people just don't have time to do that. And you're drowning out the local official. You know, your listeners right now, you know what I'm talking about because you drive around town, you see the yard signs out there. Imagine if everybody's yard sign was out there, right? So now your school board member is getting drowned out. Uh, your local city council member can't buy a radio ad because everyone's buying up all the, all the time on the air. Um, it, it just, it's not good for the democratic process. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Secretary Hobbs. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for making the time. Anytime. Happy elections. Thanks for listening to Crosscut Reports. This episode was reported by Donna Blankenship. It was produced by Sarah Bernard and me, Maliha Sayed. The story editor was Brian Famuliner. Our executive producer is Sarah Menzies. You can subscribe to Crosscut Reports wherever you listen. And whatever platform you're listening on, please review us. We'd love to know what you think of the show. Also, if you would like to support the work we do at Crosscut, whether it's our lineup of podcasts, the video docu-series we stream every week, or the in-depth reporting we deliver every day, go to crosscut.com membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to the on-demand programming of Seattle's PBS station, KCTS 9. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. That's also where you'll find a text version of the story we discussed today. Crosscut Reports is a product of Cascade Public Media. I'm Maliha Sayed. We'll be back soon with another episode.